Submission, 
Happy Sabbath Church. Uh, before I do the formal welcome, I would like to just share with you a few announcements. Uh, my first announcement for the Chumsworth Church on 29th afternoon at 2.30, we have a funeral service. Elder uh, Bobby Kurian has uh, asked to announce this about his uh, son-in-law, Michael Morgan Bryan's funeral, 29th at uh, 2.30. But the point here is only eight people are allowed along with their uh, Apart from sorry, apart from their family members, so the funeral director has allocated only eight people from the church, and provided uh, we have to give the details like uh, name, telephone number, and uh, address for their uh, record. So, if you are willing to attend the funeral service on 29th uh, at 2:30, please uh, feel free to send your details so that I can provide there. Um, so that's the announcement from the family of uh, Elder uh, Bobby Kurian. Uh, this afternoon at 3.30, we have a Bible study uh, under the topic, Moses' decision for today's people. And so uh, that will be a very historical uh, uh, study uh, from the perspective of Egyptian history. So this afternoon at 3.30, Let's come together to study under the topic, Moses' decision uh, for today's people. And uh, I am honored to introduce the New Year program on the 31st Thursday evening at 6.30. So the same Zoom, same number. So please kindly come along and uh, we will uh, share the New Year blessings uh, on the 31st New Year. Let me quickly go through the bulletin of the new year, although we have a detailed bulletin. but uh, So after the praise and worship, uh, formal welcomes and some of the things in uh, first place, when it comes to testimony, uh, the four congregation will break out to your individual churches for sharing the testimonies. It won't be on the whole uh, Zoom. So we will uh, break down, uh, sorry, break out for testimony, uh, times, then we will come back and uh, we will have the sermon, the scripture reading and all those. Then at the end of the service, again, we will take a breakout room for our individual church fellowship. So please uh, uh, come with your uh, testimony, what the Lord has done to you in 2020 and all, also to fellowship together. And I personally encourage you uh, not to sit behind the black screen. Let there be light so that the black screen, black experiences shall move away from us so that we shall see face to face and fellowship as we begin this new uh, year. So that's about uh, 31st uh, our new year uh, program. And also I would like to introduce the next year 10 days uh, prayer, which will start from January 6th to 16th. We are bringing about 10 uh, speakers from outside of our church. And so it will be, the 10 days will be a big revival in our four congregations, so also the visitors who come along. 
the theme of that uh, 10 days prayer is seeking revival. So please make note in your personal diary so that you will not miss uh, even one evening. And I'm going to go through the bulletin for today. Um, after my welcome and call to worship, uh, Elder Paul Satiraj will give us the opening song. Then intercessory prayer will be done by Elder Moses while we are on our knees. Okay, so every intercessory prayer will be on our knees. Uh, then offertory by Brother Moses Rajasing. The children's story will be taken by Brother Junior Jackman. A scripture reading by Dominic. And he'll be reading from 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 14, verse 6. Then there will be a special song uh, by Sharon. Then the sermon today will be preached by Elder Stephanie. And I have to say a few words about her. Elder Stephanie is the um, worship leader of Molden Church, very well experienced administrator. And today we are so privileged to uh, see that the Holy Spirit is using her for us to be blessed in the uncertain world under the topic, come up with me come up with me. So after the sermon, Sister Rachel Malafi will uh, uh, do the closing song and the benediction will be by Elder Stephanie. Then I will do the vote of thanks. Um, that's the bulletin for today. Everything will go unannounced. And this is my privilege to welcome Basildon, Chemsford, uh, Malden and the Braintree congregation along with the visitors today is the day that we are closing this Sabbath in 2020. Uh, we all know and confess that 2020 was a very challenging uh, year and also 2021, uh, not sure it is in the God, God's hand. Uh, however, God has preserved us in spite of all these challenges. So um, let's praise the Lord for all our spared life. And uh, with this thought, I would like to welcome once again everyone. And uh, I want to read a scripture uh, for call to worship. Isaiah 56, uh, 6 and 7. Isaiah 56, 6 and 7. Also, the sons of the foreigner who join themselves to the Lord, to serve him and to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants, Everyone who keeps from defiling the Sabbath and holds fast my covenant, even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will I accept it on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. May these blessings be rested upon you and your family and your descendants from today forward. God bless you. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Lord, this is your time. Come by now, Lord. Give us hope in the hopeless world. Time is crucial. 
and the world is swiftly moving towards the end. Save us when you come, O Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> We will have our opening song by Elder Paul Satyaraj now.
as you walk with us. Speak, oh Lord, till your church is filled and the earth is filled with your glory. Amen. May I invite uh, all of us to kneel uh, where possible for prayer. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Who forgives all thine iniquities? Who heals all thy diseases? Who redeems thy life from destruction? Who crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfies thy mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? Heavenly Father, from everlasting to everlasting, you're God and you're worthy to be praised. We thank you, Lord, for sparing our lives in the year 2020. From the first Sabbath to the very last Sabbath uh, of this year. Lord, thank you so much for your provisions. Thank you so much for your protection. Thank you so much for looking after our families. Thank you so much for healing our diseases. Thank you so much for the jobs that you have uh, provided for us and our family members. Thank you, Lord, for leading people through grief, those who have lost their loved ones. And Heavenly Father, we want to remember um, some of our members who are going to have um, a funeral that has been announced on the 29th, Lord, be with them during this process of sadness and grief. But Heavenly Father, remind them that there is a hope of eternal life in your Son, Jesus Christ. Dear Lord, I want to pray um, to prioritize your word and pray for the person you have selected to lead uh, us um, in the word today, Elder Stephanie. Lord, we want to thank you for her service. And we want to thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit whom you have already put, placed on her life. Dear Lord, as she speaks to uh, the four congregations, including our visitors, let our hearts be changed. Let revival be experienced. And let us have a renewed focus on, in following your Lord. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that as she preaches, as she ministers uh, to us this morning, let her service be acceptable unto you. Bless her and bless her family also. And Heavenly Father, we pray that all of us will be re-energized and our faith will be strengthened in you, Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to pray for those people who are not feeling well right now. We pray for our visitors who may be feeling unwell. Stretch your hand, Lord, and heal them. Heavenly Father, your word says that by your stripes we are healed. 
those who have their loved ones in hospital, Lord, we pray that you visit them at this time. Those who are suffering illnesses, but they're still at home, Lord, be their healer, be their doctor. And Heavenly Father, we pray for those people who work in the hospitals, the doctors and nurses, grant them the wisdom as they look after people, especially uh, in this difficult time. And Lord, we pray for a special protection for them. Heavenly Father, during the pandemic, these people who work in hospitals, they also have families. We pray that you build a hedge of protection around them so that they can continue doing their work safely, O oh Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to pray for a special blessing 2021. We know people had challenges in 2020. But Lord, we know that you are God who has kept us alive until now. Is the same God who is going to usher us into 2021. We pray, Heavenly Father, that 2021 will be a year of blessings for your people. Heavenly Father, we pray that this will be a year when we will intensify our witnessing and reaching out to the people who do not know you yet. And Heavenly Father, Teach us to number our days, knowing that this world is not our final home. You are preparing eternity for everyone who believes in your son, Jesus Christ. Dear Heavenly Father, let our thoughts, let our words, and let our actions reflect the fact that we are only pilgrims here. And help us, Lord, to teach even our children not to focus on things which are seen, because this things which we see are temporary, but the things which we do not see with our eyes are eternal. Heavenly Father, teach us to appreciate what you're preparing for us, even though we cannot see it right now. Dear Lord, we want to pray for your work worldwide. Even in these challenging times, O oh Lord, we pray that the gospel of the kingdom will reach to the four corners of the world so that our salvation can come. Heavenly Father, keep us faithful. I pray for every individual who is listening to my voice right now, O Lord. Let our names be found in the book of life. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you help us to overcome the challenges um, that we face spiritually. Help us to overcome sin, which so easily beset us. And Heavenly Father, let us call unto you because you are our Redeemer. And Heavenly Father, allow us to continually open our hearts to the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can be transformed to the people who can serve you in these last days. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that you, as, as you lead us, as you work through us, our neighbors, our colleagues, the people with whom we interact can come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Thank you so much for hearing and answering our prayers. And Heavenly Father, be with us in this service and throughout the day we pray. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning and happy Sabbath, church. 
Uh, this is the time for our Titan offering. I just want to tell a short uh, story to emphasize how important is a Titan offering. There was a man who wanted to take up farming to make up uh, his living. So he went out and bought a piece of land, gathered up all of the tools he needed to farm, bought a brand new tractor, even a hat and a nice pair of trousers. He said to himself, all right, I'm ready to go. So the next day he got up and had a nice breakfast, put his hat on and went outside and sat on the porch and just looked at his land all day. The next day he did the same thing. Then the next day, and even the next day, the process continued for weeks until the man was confused and went out, checking the ground for even a smallest sign of a growth. But there was nothing. The obvious reason is that this man had not planted any seed. The natural law says, that if a seed is not planted, nothing will sprout. He can have all the tools. Even he can call himself as a farmer. But until the seed is planted, there will be no return. In Gospel of Mark chapter 4, verse 26 says, And God said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter a seed on the ground. If you don't put any seed on the ground, you don't see any sprout. So likewise, if we don't give God's tithe on our offering, God's gospel will not be preached to the world. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your bonds will be filled with plenty and your words will overflow with new wine. So we have to give thanks and give our first fruit to God so that our bonds will be filled. Let us be a wise farmer to give out our first fruits so that our bonds will be filled with plenty. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you that you can satisfy our everyday desire and need. Your word says that we should give honor to you with our first fruits of our wealth. Accept our tithes and offerings as a gift of worship to you. Multiply what we give for the effective growth of your kingdom. May Christ dwell in our hearts through the faith so that we being rooted and grounded in you. May we be filled with all the fullness of God through Christ Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
Good morning, everyone. Good morning, children. I will like to tell you a story this morning about following instructions. <clears throat> now, a very long time ago, cars opened with keys. Now we have these keyless key, key unlocking systems. So there was a young man by the name of Michael. He had just gotten his license and he had bought a brand new car. So he was waiting. On this day, he was very excited. The car was being delivered. Up pulls. I'll mute myself. Good morning, everyone. Right, yeah. So I'm telling you a story about a young man who um, had just gotten his license and he had bought a brand new car and in buying this new car um he was waiting for it and on the day he was really excited up pulls the the car dealer um someone from the car dealership they brought the car home to him and he of course was very grateful for them for doing that so they gave him his keys and the guy asked him, you know, do you want me to kind of show you around the car, what needs to be done, etc." cetera? Um, Michael said, no, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure I'll be able to figure it out. So on leaving, the guy said, well, if you do get stuck at any point in time, the instruction manuals will be inside of the glove compartment. So he went on his way and Michael started walking around the car. He decided he was going to go in. So on trying to get in, he realized that the door was stuck, but was it really stuck? He kept walking around the car and kept looking in on the inside. It felt as though he should be able to open it, but the key, there was no, no um, socket on the door itself to actually put the key in. The key was actually for the boot. So he kept walking around. His neighbor, Scott, saw him walking around and came over and asked him what he was doing. Um, Michael said, well, I was trying to get into the car, but the door is stuck. <laughs> Scott laughed. Scott wanted to know, what do you mean your door is stuck? Have you tried pressing those buttons on the, the key itself? He said, oh, is that what it's for? So press the button, the car door opened. He went inside, sat down, and as he sat down, took a nice big whiff, said to Scott, new cars do have a really lovely smell scott agreed he said yeah they do actually have a nice smell um so he decided he wanted to take the car for a ride then again the car the key doesn't actually fit into anything it doesn't have an ignition there's a button to press um but he didn't know which button so it took a little while scott who was still with him said i think you need to press that button that says start <laughs> which he couldn't figure out. Who knows why? Remember, he had just gotten his license. So he starts the car, puts the car in to reverse his, 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 um, his garage was on a slight incline. And he didn't actually know what next to do. So his car started rolling back. And as it rolled back, it ran all the way back and he couldn't stop it. And it ran back into a tree. 
Scott ran to, to his attention and he thought he was, oh, he thought he had actually gotten in, himself injured. Turns out that Michael was fine, but he wasn't fine uh, mentally. He felt really, really, really terrible because his brand new car had now been wrecked. Now, that it wasn't of any surprise to Scott. Scott did say to him, you know, you should have actually followed the instructions from the manual. What, what Michael then said to Scott was, well, I've driven so many times before, why do I need to actually follow a manual? Well, he did learn and it was a costly, costly lesson that he learned. You know, a lot of times through life, we try to do things on our own. And you know, one of the things that um, my mother and my grandmother before me have always said is that if you don't listen, you will then have to feel. Um, so <laughs> that, that was a different lesson at the time, but they always wanted us to follow their instructions. And I found out as time went by that in life, when you follow your, your parents' instructions, you do find that things work out really well in the end. There is a, an instruction manual that we have. It is called the Bible. Now, I would like to implore all of you to kind of, with your parents, sit down and look at the instructions that you find there. This, these instructions will lead us to two things. One, happiness and contentment while we're here on earth. And then finally, eternal life when we do leave earth. And so I pray and ask that you continue reading your Bible, which is the instructions that we have for this life. I'd like us to turn to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 13. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 13. And it says, take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Let us pray. Gracious God and Father, we'd like to thank you very much for the instructions that you have given us through your word. We ask and we pray, Lord, that you would help us to, by your spirit, follow them and follow them thoroughly so that we can be happy while we live here on earth and contented. And then finally, when you take us to those courts up above and we inherit the earth made new eventually, we would be satisfied with following in those instructions. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Dominic, please go ahead. Hello and happy supper to everyone. Today's scripture reading is going to be from 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 6. It reads, it reads, Jonathan spoke to the young man carrying his armor. He said, come on. Let's go over to the camp of these fellows who aren't circumcised. Perhaps the Lord will help us. If he does, it won't keep the Lord from saving us. 
Sharon, it's your time. Thank you again. Pray that you're blessed by this item. We're going to I'm going to be singing with the company of my sister Hazel. We're going to be singing I Can't Make It Without You. I pray that you're blessed. I Hello, can everyone hear me? Can you hear me? Hello? Yes, yes, we can. Sorry, we had technical difficulties. Did you hear us before? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit? Yeah. I don't know. I'm even using a microphone. I'm so sorry. Jesus help. I can't live without you. I can't live without you. Tell me what can I do? I can't live without you. I can't live without you. I can make it. 
I can breathe without you. Tell me, what can I do? I can't live without you. I can't live without you. Here's my heart. Here's my mind. I give you my soul, Lord. I need you to take control. Girl, I tried it all. I tried it on my own, God. But I found it. I can make it on my own. On my own. I can't make it. I can I do? I can live without you. I can live without you. Tell me, what can I do? I can live without you. I can live without you. Tell me, what can I do? I can't live without you. I can't live without you. Tell me, what can I do? Cause I can't live without you. I can't breathe without you. Oh, oh, oh. I can't live without you. No, I can't no, breathe no, without no, you. No, I can't live or breathe without you, Lord. Amen. God bless you. Good afternoon, church. Good afternoon to everyone and blessed Sabbath. It is my privilege to say welcome to all and to our online viewers. I hope that today as we worship together, that God will really speak to our hearts and mind and that we will receive a word from him that will equip and empower us as we come to the close of 2020 to enter into 2021. 2020 has been a real challenging year for all of us. And there are many lessons that we can learn and maybe we have learned. My sermon topic today is, come up with me. As we looked at 2020, I thought of this question. Is lockdown spiritually healthy for God's people? And as I thought about our present situation and how it might be affecting our perspective, my mind went back to a story in 1 Samuel chapter 14. 
At this time in Israel's history, we could say they found themselves in a time of lockdown. I pray that as we look at this, that the Lord will open our eyes to what he would have us do at this time. Let us pray. Dear Father, I come before you as a lump of clay. I pray that you breathe your Holy Spirit upon me. I pray that you will speak to my mind and heart and speak through me to your people, that not myself nor my voice will be seen and heard, but you only. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The story in 1 Samuel 14, 1 to 13, is what I'll be focusing on today. But for you to better understand, I'd like to give you a background to this story. This is given to us in 1 Samuel chapter 13. And I would encourage you afterwards to read the entire chapters of 1 Samuel 13 and 14. So let's turn to 1 Samuel 13 and we'll read from verses 1 to 6. Saul reigned one year, and when he had reigned two years over Israel, Saul chose for himself 3,000 men of Israel. 2,000 were with Saul in Mishmash and in the mountains of Bethel, and a 1,000 were with Jonathan in Gibeah of Benjamin. The rest of the people he sent away every man to his tent. And Jonathan attacked the garrison of the Philistines that was in Geba, and the Philistines heard of it. Then Saul blew the trumpet through all the land, saying, Let the Hebrews hear. Now all Israel heard it said that Saul had attacked a garrison of the Philistines, and that Israel had also become an abomination to the Philistines. And the people were called together to Saul at Gilgal. Then the Philistines gathered together to fight with Israel. 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen. And the people as the sand which is on the seashore in multitude. And they came up and encamped in Mishmesh to the east of Bethhaven. When the men of Israel saw that they were in danger, for the people were distressed. Then the people hid in caves, in thickets, in rocks, in holes, and in pits. So here we see Saul and his 2,000 men were in Mishmash, and Jonathan and his 1,000 were in Gibeah. From Gibeah, Jonathan attacked a garrison of the Philistines who dwelt in Geba and won against them. This angered the Philistines and they gathered their armies to fight with Israel. 30,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen and a multitude of men that were like the sands on the seashore. Israel was frightened. They trembled before the Philistines. They were distressed 
They hid themselves in holes, in dens, and in caves. Basically, we could say, Israel was placed in lockdown. Saul being afraid of the ensuing attack from the enemy, got impatient, got impatient to wait for the prophet Samuel to arrive. And he offered a burnt offering and a peace offering, something that only the priest should do. So although this act of worship was something good in itself, this was not the duty of a king or any other person but the priest. As a result of this act, Saul was rejected by God as the king of Israel. To complete our background, I just want us to look at verse 16 and verse 19 to see what position Israel was in. Saul, Jonathan, his son, and the people present with them remained in Gibeah of Benjamin, but the Philistines encamped in Mishmash. And verse 19 tells us that there were no smiths throughout all of Israel. So if the Israelites needed their weapons of war to be sharpened, they had to go to their enemy to get it done. Now, what chance would they have for this to happen? Israel was really in a bad state, a state of hopelessness in lockdown. It has been the case for God's people many times that after the working of God on their behalf, they then go into a period of fear and hiding. We know the story of Elijah. After that great victory on Mount Carmel, he was threatened by Jezebel. He ran away, flees for his life, hiding away in a cave. In 2019, I am sure that all four churches had seen things that they were accomplishing for God. Bazadon doing their visitation in the care home, having their health expos in the town, reaching many people. Braintree had a place in the local carnival, allowing them to reach people they would normally not be able to come in contact with, and all the other outreach work they did. Chemsford had their homeless feeding program and their street ministry, going pretty well. Malden had its fair share of success in dropping books through letterboxes, returning to engage with people about the books and offering prayer. This, along with other activities, gave them some success in making friends with the residents. All churches were at a place where they were looking to progress the work of God with their contacts and to enlarge God's kingdom. Then came COVID-19 and lockdown. Like Israel, the situation did not look promising. Now let's turn our attention to our story in chapter 14. Let's read verses 1 and 2. 
Now it happened one day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the Philistines' garrison that is on the other side. But he did not tell his father. And Saul was sitting in the outskirts of Gibeah, under a pomegranate tree, which is in Migron. The people who, who were with him were about 600 men. Jonathan recognized the situation Israel was in. He knew that something needed to be done. But Saul, his father, the captain of God's army and his 600 men sat on the outskirts of Gibeah as far away from the camp of the Philistines as they could, comfortably seated under a pomegranate tree. Thank God, he is never without a witness. Jonathan recognized that action was needed. Someone needed to stand against the enemy. He was uneasy about the situation while others were becoming comfortable in it. So while his father and his men sat in complacency, Jonathan decided to stand against the enemies of God and to do the work that was needed to be done. Notice that he did not reveal his plan to his father. Why? He knew he would be discouraged. He knew he would be told that this is a suicidal mission. You cannot go ahead with this. The Seventh-day Adventist Bible commentary states, God was seeking to convince the Israelites of the need of strict dependence on him. Jonathan's secrecy is clear evidence of his faith in God, despite Saul's rejection at Gilgal. Jonathan made a decision. He prayed, he made a commitment to God and an agreement with God. Let's turn to verses six to 10 of 1 Samuel 14. Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. So his armor bearer said to him, do all that is in your heart, go then, here I am with you, according to your heart. Then Jonathan said, very well, let us cross over to these men and we will show ourselves to them. If they say thus to us, wait until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place and not go up to them. But if they say thus, come up to us, then we will go up for the Lord has delivered them into our hand, and this will be a sign to us. Jonathan's faith in God is remarkable. 
is word to his armor bearer, let us go up over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us. For there is no restraint for our God to save by many as by few. You see, Jonathan wasn't worried about numbers because he knows that with God, numbers is not a question. He doesn't look at how many people are willing. He just knows he can use whoever is. Jonathan did not consider how many are they and how many are with us. He trusted in his God, even in danger to himself, he was willing to do what God directs. Jonathan then invited his armor bearer to go with him. The response of the armor bearer was not from obligation. It was a personal commitment to the mission. He too had to consider the danger to himself and to decide whether he could trust in God to deliver. Jonathan's faith and the armor bearer's faith is remarkable and an example to each of us. Verse four tells us about the terrain that Jonathan had to climb to get to the army of the Philistines. It was treacherous. There were sharp rocks and he couldn't get away from that because it was on both sides of the mountain. He had to climb over the sharp rocks. Now they formed a league with God and faced the test. The answer that they required from God would come from the response of the enemy themselves. If they say, come up to us, then God has given them into the hand of Israel. But if they say, we'll come down to you, then we are getting out of here. Jonathan chose the harder route the harder option as a sign that God would give victory. For them to climb up to their enemy waiting at the top was so much more difficult to win a battle than for them to wait at the bottom for their enemy to climb down to them. But Jonathan chose the harder route as the sign of victory. The hardest route was chosen so that it could be seen that the victory came from God and not from man. Let's look at verses 11 to 13. And Jonathan climbed up on his hands and knees with his armor bearer after him, and they fell before Jonathan. And as he came after him, his armor bearer killed them. 
The first slaughter which Jonathan and his armor bearer made was about 20 men, about half an acre of land. I didn't read 11, did I? So both Jonathan and his armor bearer showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines and the Philistines said, look, the Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they have hidden. Then the men of the garrison called to Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, come up to us and we will show you something. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come up after me for the Lord has delivered them into the hand of Israel. Jonathan climbed up on his hands and his knees with his armor bearer after him. And they fell before Jonathan. And as he came after him, his armor bearer killed them. God gave the sign that he would deliver the Philistines in the hand of Jonathan. The Philistine says, you come up to us. They went the harder route, but the victory was theirs. We also know that God's plan, his battle plan many times doesn't make sense to us humans, but they always lead to victory when we obey. We look at the Red Sea crossing the children of Israel had the mountains on both sides of them. Pharaoh's army was behind them. Before them was the Red Sea. Nowhere to go. But God said, move forward. Go towards the Red Sea. I will fight the battle for you and you will see the results. No sensible army general would think of plans like Gideon had to put a light in a picture, to march, break the picture when the signal is given and shout the army of God and of Gideon and believe that that would win a battle. But it did because that was God's plan. God makes the impossible possible. Remember his words to Jerubabel? Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And our Bible commentary says, that which would ordinarily be classed as foolhardiness becomes strong proof of the operation of divine providence. The attitude of Jonathan revealed the attitude of a good leader. He sought God's direction. He was not proud, but humble. He trusted in the power of God he was concerned for the welfare of his people. These attitudes motivated him to be persistent in the face of danger. 
Notice how he went in front of his armor bearer and the armor bearer followed him. God has a way of taking over when his children move out in faith, trust in faith in their God. Verse 23 tells us, so the Lord saved Israel that day. Like Jonathan and his armor bearer, we too have decisions to make of how we will go into the work for God. We know that we're living in a time that people are frightened. Many of us are scared. We are scared of COVID-19. Many are frontline workers. And I know it must be frightening and emotionally draining for you to daily face and care for people who are COVID positive. But I say to you, God is with you. He has placed you where you are for a purpose. Trust him for his protection and trust him to use you just where you are. In spite of the virus, the traumas, the deaths that we faced in 2020, I know that we have seen God's hand at work in our lives and in the lives of many around us whom we have prayed for. In 2020, we have had great sermons, revivals, seminars, workshops, many programs that inspired us. Many of us have said that lockdown is good for us because it has enabled us to read our Bibles more, read more religious books, attend meetings that we would normally not be able to attend. And it has enabled us to study more and pray more. All of that is good, very good. But after all that, what? What are we going to do with all that we have gathered from God in 2020? Many are now saying that they do not want to return to the office. They are comfortable working from home. We are enjoying shopping online and have everything delivered at our doorstep. We are liking worshiping from our living rooms and even from our bedrooms. But my question is, how much influence can we have on our colleagues when we are working from home? How will they see your integrity in terms of your start and finish time of work? How much impact can your lifestyle have on them when you are locked away in your homes? Will they be able to see Christ in us from our homes? The point I'm making is that these things we see as good in lockdown are only good for us. But what about the cause of God? Some of us are becoming settled 
in our Zoom worship. And of course, many people can be reached through this method. Yet there are those who are not able to Zoom. There are also those who are in despair, who needs to look up into a smiling face that says, I'm here for you. Take my hand, I'll help you to rise. And we'll go through this together. Zoom cannot do that. There are those who need a reassuring hand on their shoulder and hear the words, I'll support you through this. Lean on me as I lean on God. Unfortunately, Zoom cannot do that. God's children are crying out in these difficult times. People need people. They need physical touch, close relationships, not distant ones. I know that it is difficult, but I also know that the gospel commission that Jesus gave his disciples still begins with the word, go. Go is an action word. Go involves commitment. Go involves sacrifice. Am I willing to put all of this in the work I do for God? Each of us have a part to play in the work of God. I cannot do what is specifically designed for you to do. Neither can you fill the place that I am ordained to fill. Each must play our part in the work of God for it to be completed the way that he designs it. God has positioned each of us just right for the cause. I understand that we are in a crisis and I'm not advocating that people break rules, but I believe we should not allow ourselves to be accepting of our circumstances and become complacent in the Lord's vineyard. We should never cower in this time. We might not have the knowledge, the strength, nor the wisdom to deal with every situation that we face. But don't be afraid. We know the source of all knowledge, of all power, and of all wisdom. Let us tap into that source. Let us, like Jonathan, ask God to show us just what he wants us to do. Why are we fearful? 
Why are we fearful of man, of a virus? Why are we fearful of distresses and challenges, of persecution or even death itself? When we have the mighty God, the great I am, the one who has not lost a battle. Our God is stronger than all these, all opposition, all challenges, and he can deliver us from them all if we put our trust and our confidence in him. Even if the battle ends, in death for us. As long as we are on God's side, we are still victors. Sister Chanda has this saying that we enter the battle from a point of victory, not of defeat. For the battle is already won for us by our Savior. So my brothers and my sisters, friends, have faith in God. He will make a way where there is no way. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19 says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Ask God to do a new thing in your life. When he has done it, it cannot be hidden. It will be seen. Ask him to lead you through those difficult decisions. He will make a way even in the wilderness and rivers to spring up in the desert. Nothing is impossible for him. Our God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He will save his people. You know, our enemy, the devil, is like a magician who keeps our focus on one hand while he does his trickery in the other. Like he did to Eve, the serpent held out the fruit before Eve. She focused on it. She saw the beauty of the fruit. It had no blemish, perfect, just like any other fruit in the garden. It was good to look at. Then I suppose the serpent might have even tasted it, ate it, and she realized he didn't die. So she thought it was good for food, still focusing on the food. Then when he told her that it was good for her to have knowledge, more wisdom, she took and she ate. You see, Satan kept her focused on the fruit long enough to put the command of God out of her mind. 
we could be focusing on things that are in themselves good things. But let us be careful that while we are focusing on good things, we are not taking our focus off the command of God. In this pandemic, the world is looking to a vaccine for their solution. We should be looking to our God for our solution to all our spiritual battles. Our world is in a state of uncertainty. No one knows how things are going to develop. As we look to 2021, I believe Christians and especially Seventh-day Adventist Christians are going to face very challenging and tough decisions sooner rather than later. Are we prepared to stand on the side of God whatever we face? What will be the focus of our prayers as we enter into 2021? Will it only be for protection of ourselves and our loved ones? Or will we be pleading with God to show us ways to deliver his children trapped and enslaved by the enemy? Will our prayers be, Lord, lead me into the battlefield for you. Show me just what you want me to do and give me the faith and courage to do it regardless of the possible danger to myself. I will live only for you. God is honored when men expect great things of him and attempt great things for him. Will we be leaders like Jonathan? Or will we be willing to be followers like his armor bearer, going forward by faith with our leaders into the battle? Knowing that our God can save by little as well as by many. I will close with the statement from Ellen G. White in the book, Life Sketches, page 196. In reviewing our past history, having traveled over every step of advanced or present standing, I can say, praise God. As I see what the Lord has wrought, I am filled with astonishment and with confidence in Christ as leader. We have nothing to fear for the future, except as we forget the way the Lord has led us and his teaching in our past history. Tomorrow isn't promised. What we do for God, we need to do now. My prayer is that as we look to 2021, we will pledge to give all to God, to be used as he directs to accomplish his purpose. I pledge today to rise up out of lockdown to do as God directs. I would like to give you the invitation to come up with me 
out of lockdown. May God be with us as we contemplate the decision that we will make. God bless you. Happy Sabbath, everyone. Our closing song is going to be hymn number 614, Sound the Battle Cry. 614, Sound the Battle Cry. Sound the battle cry, see the forest now, raise the standard high for the Lord. Bear your armor on, stand firm everyone, rest your cause upon His holy word. Rouse the soldiers, rally round the banner, ready, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, show the Lord Hosanna, Christ is captain of the mighty throne. Strong to me, the foe marching as we go, while our cause we know must prevail. Shield and banner bright gleaming in the light, that live for the red red and fair. Rouse and soldiers running on the banner, ready, steady, pass the word alone. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna, Christ is captain of the mighty throne. O thou God of all, hear us when we call, help us one and all by thy grace. When the battle's done and the victory's won, may we wear the crown before thy face. Rouse the soldiers, rally round the banner, ready, steady, pass the word alone. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Rosanna, Christ is captain of the mighty throne. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the captain of our army. We thank you that you have never lost a battle. We pray, Heavenly Father, that as your soldiers, that we will rally to the banner, that we, dear Heavenly Father, will lift our faith to you knowing that nothing is impossible with you. I pray, dear God, that we will go forward to do your work as you instruct, that we will forget about self and that we will keep our focus on your kingdom and what needs to be done for your glory. May you go before us. May you prepare the way. May you lead us. We thank you for the blessings of 2020. But Father God, we pray that you will be with us in a mighty way as we face the challenges ahead in 2021. 
May we do your work. May we hasten your coming, Lord, so that there will be an end to all of this misery on this earth, that we will be able to live with you in the beauty of holiness for the ceaseless ages of eternity. We pray that you'll prepare us and prepare those we work with. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. This is the time that I would like to thank uh, Elder Stephanie for your uh, touching emotional sermon. Uh, I'm completely impressed with one statement. People need people at this time. God has made us not only to live our own life, but also support others' life. Thank you, Elder, for this uh, timely message. May the Lord bless you and your ministry. And also, I would like to thank all the participants, uh, all the participants uh, for your wonderful commitment. And we are blessed uh, by your uh, responsibilities today. And also, I would like to thank uh, uh, Brother Deeraj and his team to control this media. And uh, thanks for your service today. And uh, I thank all the members and visitors uh, for your time to join here. And also, uh, I encourage your support to continue to be uh, here in the Zoom uh, so that until we resume our worship in our respective churches, we will pray for one another, encourage one another, support one another, uh, even through the Zoom. Uh, and above all, I would like to thank God for his wonderful providence. And we feel that he is with us even today. So may the Lord bless everyone as you leave uh, this morning service. Until we meet again at 330 May the Lord continue to be with you and your family and your daily work. And may the Lord preserve you in this pandemic. And may the Lord give you the strong willpower. And may the Lord also remind you that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of clear mind and love. God bless you. Go home safely. Amen. Till we meet again, by his counsels guide upon.